Welcome to the No Fear Podcast of First Presbyterian Church. My name is Bob Fuller, Senior Pastor of First Presbyterian Church in San Antonio, Texas, with your No Fear Word of the Day. Thanks for being with us today. I'm Bob Fuller, Senior Pastor of First Presbyterian Church of San Antonio, Texas, and this is your No Fear Word of the Day. The Bible tells us to have courage, to be not afraid, or to have no fear in one way or another 365 times. And the point of this podcast is to offer God's Word as a daily dose of courage during this 21st century health crisis. In the summer of 1934, the famous American theologian Reinhold Niebuhr was vacationing at his summer cottage near Heath, Massachusetts. He was invited to conduct services at a small church nearby, and at the end of the service he offered this prayer, O God, give us the serenity to accept what cannot be changed, courage to change what should be changed, and wisdom to know the difference. After the service, a neighbor came up and said that he'd been particularly struck by the prayer and wondered if he could get a copy of it for himself. According to eyewitness reports, Niebuhr reached into his Bible, took out a crumpled sheet of paper, and said, Sure, here, you can have it. I don't need it anymore. The next Christmas, that neighbor used the prayer on his Christmas cards. Several years later, the founder of Alcoholics Anonymous saw the prayer and adopted it as the official prayer of that organization. The USO picked it up and reprinted millions of copies of the prayer for our servicemen serving in World War II. Today, it can be found on greeting cards and plaques everywhere. What is it about this prayer that has made it so wildly popular? Why do millions of people pray those three lines every day? As we begin to look at the prayer, it's really not hard to understand. The language is clear and the words express something basic about living because this prayer deals with two kinds of realities. First, there are some things in our lives that cannot be altered. These are things in our world that simply will not change, no matter how much work or energy we give to the process. These are the givens in life that will remain. The prayer says, O God, give us the serenity to accept what cannot be changed. At one time, the people of Israel were conquered and dragged off from their homes and their lives into exile in the empire of Babylon. King Nebuchadnezzar's armies tore down the walls of the city. They ransacked their homes. They ravaged the people and burned down the temple. They were stripped of their dignity, crushed by an overwhelming force, and they were deported as strangers and exiles to a strange and foreign land. The Hebrews wanted nothing more than to escape and regain their homes, to get away from this awful place where they'd been forced to live. But such was not the plan of God. And so the prophet Jeremiah wrote to the people of Israel and said, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all who were carried away captive, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and dwell in them. Plant gardens and eat their fruit. Take wives and beget sons and daughters, and take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands, so that they may bear sons and daughters, that you may be increased there and not diminished. And seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captive, and pray to the Lord for that city, for in its peace you will have peace. Peace. 
In short, God tells the people to live and bear witness right where they are. Jeremiah says to pray to the Lord for it. For in the peace of the city, you will have peace. Part of the process of becoming a mature person and a mature Christian is in the way of acceptance. We must all come to terms with the fact that in many ways, like the Israelites, we are strangers in a strange land, resident aliens whom God has left here for a purpose. And while we await that heavenly reunion, while we are here on this earth, there are certain things that we cannot do. There are just certain things that we cannot change. So what are the things that we can't change? We can't change other people. God can, but we can't. We can set an example. We can love. We can control. We can punish. We can influence. But it's God that changes the heart. And it is simultaneously frustrating and a good thing that we cannot shape others into our own image and make them do whatever we want or think that they should do. We can't change our past, either our distant past or our recent past. I mean, how many people would love to change our past if we could, make different choices, undo certain wrongs, avoid certain calamities, marry other people even? Or for that matter, how many of us, if we had access to a time machine, would use it to save one drunk teenager from getting into a car in which she would die or do our best to prevent terrorists from getting on an airliner? No, we can't change our past. Some people try to change their past by denying it until the truth catches up with them. God is not going to change the past. But we can ask God to redeem it. That is one of His many precious gifts, that He can take the high crimes and misdemeanors of yesterday and use them to teach and warn people in the future. Some of the most powerful testimonies I've ever heard are the testimonies of people who've had great struggles or great failures. One of those people is Pastor Terrell Jackson, one of our mission partners. He's the leader of a ministry called the Faith-Based Institute, and the pastor of a great church called Church in the Streets. As a young man, Pastor Jackson was arrested, convicted, and served time in prison. But rather than cower in shame or defeat, Pastor Jackson used that experience and now uses that experience to minister and share the love of Christ and God's transforming power with people coming out of prison and out of long-term drug rehab. He can truly say to broken people, I know how hard it can be. I know something about what you're going through because I too was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. We cannot change the fact that we are part of this world. Until Christ returns, this is a world where earthquakes, disease, storms, old age, and death are all part of the natural cycle. It's a world of war. It's a world of crime and a world of poverty. As children, no matter how easy Superman makes flying look, you hit the ground every time you jump off the porch. As adolescents, we have to live with the fact that our parents just don't seem to understand us and they make all these dumb rules and we can't change them because they are in charge and they have control of the car keys and the internet. As adults, we have to contend at least with the certainties of death and taxes, of the need to work, to raise a family, to pay bills. Right now, we're all having to live with the reality of a global pandemic, and that is certainly making certain things uncertain, but one of the certainties upon which we can count is the reality of this disease. But that's not the only disease. We worry about breast cancer and prostate cancer, arthritis, and long seasons of drug routines and therapy. 
Sometimes one of the most painful realities with which you must deal is the reality of broken relationships, broken marriages, broken families, children who are abused and neglected. We see friends divorce, family members fall apart and away from one another. We see adult children fall away from faith, and it breaks our hearts. These are all realities in the world in which we live. But in spite of the realities of our world, there is some really good news. And that good news is that Jesus Christ died for our sins, and he has been raised from the dead. His death on the cross proves that God loves us and cares about us, and his resurrection proves that God has the power to make a difference even in the face of the realities in which we stand. For the Christian, the way of acceptance, accepting the things that cannot change, is not the way of fatalism. It's the way of perseverance. We accept in hope, and hope means living in the now because of the promise of the future. We can face our problems with intelligence, with grace, and with courage because we know that our lives are held in the hands of a loving and powerful God. We can reckon with our limitations, and in that space where we live our lives, we can grow and develop. Acceptance does not mean that we simply roll over and die, because one of the pillars of our faith is also the unchangeability of God. The ancient church proclaimed that God is without limit, unchangeable, unmovable, unshakable. God is faithful, and as surely as we can count on anything, and as much as we might try to suit our own sinful ways, we can count on the fact that we cannot change God. We cannot change God's holiness, and we cannot change God's love for us. What we have to contend with along the way is that there are certain things to which we must adjust our lives. God tells the people to accept their circumstances, and moreover, to pray to the Lord for the city. For in its peace, you will have your peace. Jeremiah says to stay where you are, to accept the things that cannot change, but to do so in the confidence of the unchangeable God. The great Dutch theologian Hermann Bavinck once wrote these words about the world in which we live. We live in a strange world, a world which presents us with tremendous contrasts, the high and the low, the great and the small, the sublime and the ridiculous, the beautiful and the ugly, the tragic and the comic, the good and the evil, the truth and the lie. These are all heaped up in an unfathomable relationship. The gravity and the vanity of life seize on us in turn. Now we are prompted to optimism, then to pessimism. Men weeping is constantly giving way to man laughing, and the whole world stands in the sign of humor, which has been well described as a laugh in a tear. For the Christian, the issue is never whether or not we will live in the realities of a hard world. We do. We live in these realities just like everybody else. The question is, what will we do in that reality? How will we respond to it? Whom will we represent? God has placed us in this world as bearers of his image. As bearers of his image and as people who are saved by his grace and his power, we are not people who are constantly searching and striving for victory. 
We are people who live in victory every day, the victory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, Bavinck wrote, The deepest cause of this present state of the world is this. Because of the sin of man, God is continually manifesting his wrath, and yet, by reason of his own good pleasure, is always again revealing his grace also. We are consumed by his anger at one moment, and yet in the morning we are satisfied by his mercy. His anger endures but for a moment, in his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Both point to the cross, which at one and the same time is the highest judgment and the richest grace. And that is why the cross is the midpoint of history and the reconciliation of all antitheses. Even though Jeremiah says to stay where you are and to accept the things that cannot change, he also says this. He says there are other things that we must do while we are in this environment. We must build houses and dwell in them, plant gardens and eat their fruit, take wives and beget sons and daughters and take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands so that they may bear sons and daughters. And we are to work for the peace of the city in which God has placed us. Whether we wanted to be there or not, God has placed us there as His image bearers, not just to proclaim His victory, but to live His victory by living in the steadfast love and confidence that God is alive and that He is in control. The acceptance of which Niebuhr speaks is not just passive survival. It's the recognition that there's an opportunity to give a gift to this broken world in which we live by living in the confidence and in the joy of God, even if our circumstances seem to press us otherwise. Listen to what Jeremiah also says. For thus says the Lord, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. These are words that remind us that God still holds us in his grip. Acceptance is not the same thing as defeat. Acceptance, grounded in the sovereignty of God, is perseverance. Acceptance in the face of overwhelming odds or undeniable suffering is actually an act of defiance. It tells the world, it tells the forces arrayed against us that there is nothing that can pluck me from his hand and that there is nothing, absolutely nothing in heaven and on earth. There is no power above or below that can separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. How are you finding serenity? even in the midst of a global pandemic. O oh God, give us the serenity to accept what cannot be changed, the courage to change what should be changed, and the wisdom to know the difference. We are not yet finished with this serenity prayer. And in upcoming episodes, we're going to talk about what it means not only to have the serenity to accept what we cannot change, 
but what it means also to have the courage to change what should be changed and the wisdom to know the difference. Until next time, thank you for being with us again for this No Fear podcast. Please join us for this and our other daily podcasts throughout this COVID-19 crisis at fpcsanantonio.org. I'm Bob Fuller of First Presbyterian Church of San Antonio, Texas. Be not afraid. God is real. Jesus is alive and the Holy Spirit is with us. God loves you. He has a plan and purpose for your life. He has a position for you on his team and a place for you at his table.